Welcome to Ballot Battleground, Nevada. I'm your host, Ben Marjat, a reporter at KRNV News 4 in Reno. I'm passionate about making politics in this critical battleground state more digestible to the average voter and pushing past the talking points to press politicians for answers. On this show, we take deep dives into the people, ideas, and debates shaping Silver State politics. The first presidential preference primary in Nevada since the 1980s is in the books. As expected, President Joe Biden ran away with the Democratic primary. At last check, he had over 89% of the vote and will win all of Nevada's Democratic delegates. But a big surprise in the Republican primary, Nikki Haley, the former ambassador, lost to none other than none of these candidates, a protest option that is unique to Nevada. No delegates were up for grabs on the Republican side. Those will be determined based on the results of Thursday's GOP caucus between former President Donald Trump and Pastor Ryan Binkley. On today's episode, we'll take you out to the polls to hear from the voters that decided this election and take you inside the county registrar's office with our reporters who were on the ground covering it live on News 4. Plus, a little later, an interview with John Ralston, the CEO of the Nevada Independent, explaining why none of these candidates came to be and how it's been used in the past. Stick around for that great conversation with Ralston. But without further ado, let's take you out to the Washoe County Registrar's Office, where our Kim Burroughs was reporting from Tuesday night. Kim, thank you so much for coming down, making the long journey from your desk here to Studio B to join us on Ballot Battleground Nevada. We appreciate it. Of course. I love being here. Thank you. For those who don't know, Kim is our investigative reporter. She does a fantastic job. She is also a mentor of mine for many years now, sits just a few desks behind me and just a great person to have around the newsroom oh, with thanks, so ben. much experience in news over the years and really so much experience covering elections. You've been stationed at the Washoe County Registrar's Office covering elections uh, several cycles in a row mm -hmm. now. Take our listeners into that experience because there's a lot going on on election night. What all is happening? Just describe it for us. Right. I've been doing this for 29 years, covered a lot of elections. This one was really unique. Um, the Registrar of Voters is kind of the hub, as you know, of, of where the election results come in and where the activity is. And it's kind of a fun place to be. Um, last night was different. There are 17 polling locations in Washoe County. And... Every time a cartridge would come in, everybody would bustle and get excited and put it in, and then everybody would sit around again. There weren't a lot of people casting ballots yesterday, as you've been reporting all this time that there is a primary and a caucus. The caucus is two days after the primary. So a lot of people, because President Trump wasn't on this election cycle for the, the primary, he chose not to have his name on there. So people didn't vote for the Republican side necessarily and told me they threw out their ballots. So there wasn't a lot of votes coming in. So last night was just kind of a, a busy couple of minutes and then everything was shut down and then they would sort again and then everything would shut down and remember the registrar of voters office they can't count these ballots they can collect all the mail-in and the early votes and open the envelopes and sort them and make sure that everything's ready to go but they can't actually count them until every single person in line at seven o'clock casts their ballots every single person across the entire state. The so entire sometimes state. there are polling places down in Southern Nevada with a long line for whatever reason, we're all waiting on them. But 
Take us into that scene. I mean, describe it because the reporters are kind of cordoned off in this little That's pen, right. right? There's observers over here. There's like a mail processing machine. Just describe it yeah, all for it us. Yeah, it sorts. It's just a big giant warehouse in like the basement of the county complex building over on 9th Street. And it is a huge sorting machine. So these ballots will come in, the early and the um, mail-in ballots, and the machine sorts them and puts them into separate separate different piles. And the machine's running and it's super loud and, and staff are kind of running around and, and open these ballots. And then again, when the cartridges come in, it's cool. People will come in from the polling locations. Staff will grab the box of these cartridges, haul them inside, and it's a buzz of activity. And the car waits in the garage until everything's been verified that all their ballots are in. There's no issue. And then they tell that person who brought in the ballots, okay, you're good to go. And then they wait for the next person. Deputies are kind of walking around to make sure everything's secure. Doors, you cannot open and close the doors. So it's kind of a, a closed situation, but lots of buzz going on. Last night was just different, though, because it was just so much more relaxed until those cartridges would come in. And here's something I don't know if you know, last night I reported uh, late in the evening on election night is that we were waiting for 17 locations. And at midnight, when I was heading out, I asked the registrar, is everyone in in Washoe County? And she said, no, we're waiting on one location, the voting location. I said, which one is it? She said, in our lobby, right oh at the front gosh. of that building. They <laughs> let apparently staff go too soon and they just couldn't get those results in. It seems like we're always waiting on some far-flung location, right. whether it, it be Wadsworth or Incline <laughs> Village, and they got to get over the hill. And right. in this case, it was at the registrar's office. And I asked, it was at Lake Tahoe because of the snowstorm that kind of came in or where was it? She said, nope, it was right in our front lobby. A little embarrassing. That's so funny. So at what point do they start running these cartridges through? Because the in-person votes, I mean, it's just a cartridge. You essentially plug it into a machine, right? right? And then we get the results right away. At what point does that start to happen? And when did we get those first batch of results? So again, polls close at seven o'clock. There were still people in line. We started getting our first cartridge just after eight o'clock or so. We could didn't start counting we meaning the county <laughs> couldn't I dare dared wouldn't do that but yeah. they they didn't start counting until about an hour after our polls closed it, they started counting about 8:40 9 o'clock somewhere in there so we were waiting for three counties in Nevada that were still kind of cleaning up their last people in line to vote and it sounds like this was a good dry run yes. for the new interim Washoe County Registrar and a lot of the poll workers. And uh, were they telling you that it was good to kind of get this, it's not practice because it is real, but this dry run before the much higher turnout primary yes. and then the much higher turnout general in November? Carrie Ann Burgess, the Registrar of Voters for Washoe County, told me she thought it was a, quote, absolute success. She felt like it was a good way to kind of get this, and I called it that, this dry run under her belt, and she's ready to go for the next two election cycles. There was one one observer in this little room off to the corner. It's a kind of a plexiglass room where they can watch Oftentimes with binoculars, they are very critical. They take notes about just the transparency and just how things are run in there. You can't have any cell phones. We, as the media is a little different because we're broadcasting and doing all that. Nobody can have cell phones. Nobody can have trash cans. Apparently, in a recent election, they brought in therapy dogs to help the staff kind of uplift them. The observers had a problem with really? it, saying that there could be an issue with the dogs coming in. Maybe they're bringing something in and just wanted hmm. to be on board. It was interesting. And so the one observer that was there last night for five hours watched everything, took wow. pages of notes. And I said to Carrie Ann, I said, any issues? She said, no. She said the observer actually said, I was very impressed with how everything went. Glad to hear that, um, especially since there have been so many questions in elections past. And, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, it's good for the process to have people there observing, of course, have the media there observing, just making sure everything is on the level. In the past, when I've been there, there's been a handful of observers and they're in this little fishbowl thing, right, covered by glass, four or five of them crammed in there. So 
a little bit slower last night. For and they'll the be back. Those, that crammed room will be crammed again in the next, next election. This one was kind of a, a slower pace and it was nice to watch. Everything seemed to run quite smoothly. Glad to hear that. So what happens next? Because there are still many mail ballots that uh, with the rush of in-person voting mm -hmm. on Tuesday, they weren't able to get to, plus additional mail ballots that could arrive over the next few days, right? That's right. Um, they said there was a couple of delays, um, one being that there was 35,000 early mail-in uh, votes that came in and they just knew on election night they couldn't get through them all. And they, they knew that. They said there's just so many. We're trying to get everything counted. So we're going to get through most of them tonight. We're going to finish the rest the next morning. So that kind of was a delay and and just kind of trying to get those final numbers. But they knew fewer votes, people casting their ballot, they were able to get through much quicker than they would like a general election, if you will. Right. Friendly reminder for people out there, obviously too late to vote now. But if right. you had sent in your mail ballot, as long as it was postmarked by Tuesday, it will be counted as long as it gets to by the Friday. registrar's office by Friday. That's is that right? By Friday, four days to get that thing in. So if there's any floating out there to be counted, it has to be arrived, uh, arrive at that, that office by Friday. So the results may change a few a dozen few. ballots here and there, not a significant amount, but in previous elections, that has been a factor. In this election, with both primaries being kind of locked up and, and such blowouts, right. it won't end up being a factor, but obviously those ballots will still be counted anyway. That's well, right. Kim, thank you so much for coming on this episode of Ballot Battleground Nevada. We're going to head out now to one of the polling places that tends to be a Democratic stronghold, the Joe Crowley Student Union at UNR, where our reporter Audrey Mayer was on the ground. Yeah, I'm a registered Democrat and I voted for Joe Biden because I like how he's performed in these past years. So I would like to have him as president again. Um, his age isn't a concern for me. I think he has a lot of experience since he was previously a vice president and he knows how to run the office and what to do in the day to day role. I, don't, I wish there were more options in, in a lot of ways, not really at the state level, but more at the federal level. Yeah. And, uh, but yeah. You know, it's what it is. I mean, it's, I support Biden. He's, he's, I think he's done a really, really great job. And I think it would be lovely to have somebody else come in for the next four. And I'm okay, a registered cool. de Democrat, but I will not tell you who I voted for. Unfortunately, I believe the, the two-party system we have is a little outdated. I mean, it seems you have the worst of two evils to go after. Um, I'd like to see it opened up to a third party. I mean, give us more choice. Give us, you know, because let somebody else come up and do their thing, you know, so. Yeah. I mean, so I, that's why I want to make it. Go ahead and put my thing out there and just see what happens. I'm joined now by Audrey Mayer, one of our wonderful political reporters on the politics team with me and uh, a couple other folks here at the station you've covered three or four elections now in Nevada and your time here at News 4. We're very lucky, lucky to have you. Thanks. So happy to be here with you, Ben. Yeah. So you were assigned to cover the Joe Crowley Student Union at UNR for Tuesday's presidential preference primary. Obviously, probably a lot of students there. Why don't you start with the types of voters that were showing up there? Probably mostly students, but maybe not all. Yes, you're absolutely correct, Ben. There was mostly young voters, mostly students. We talked to one undergrad, one graduate student, but of course, anyone could come vote. It was on the fourth floor of the Joe Crowley Student Union at the University of uh, University of Nevada, and so yeah, it was. I think pretty much everyone I spoke to was a Democrat, registered Democrat. They shared with us that when we spoke with them. And, um, you know, we, it was kind of expected, you know, when you come to a university, you're expecting more people to lean left. And what I really took from talking to these voters were was that 
they just weren't super excited about coming out to vote, but they wanted their voice to be heard and they thought it was really important to be a part of it and part of their civic duty. And so all in all, really not a huge turnout at the University of Nevada. But again, we did talk to mostly students, mostly young voters there. We did hear a little bit of that lack of enthusiasm, if you will, in one of the sound bites that was just played where a woman said something to the effect of uh, not really excited to come out and vote for Joe Biden. Of course, there's a lot of time for him to turn that around in November, but he comes away with the large decisive victory uh, with not much of a challenge in the Democratic primary. But how was the turnout given that, as you mentioned, lack of enthusiasm? How many people showed up to vote there? Was there any lines? Yeah, so there was really no lines throughout the entire time. We were there for most of the day and at last checked 6.30 p.m., about 30 minutes before the polls closed closed. We checked in with the people managing the polling location and they said about 140 people came in throughout the entire day. So give or take a few more voters that came in for the last 30 30 minutes, it was still less than 200 people either dropping off their mail-in ballot or coming in to vote throughout the entire day. So it was a pretty quiet day. That's a shame to hear. Obviously, we want to see high turnout, but that was really the case across the board. I think Washoe County turnout just barely has eclipsed 20%. So one in five voters really actually taking time to vote in this election. So many nonpartisans locked out of the process as it is a closed primary, too. But uh, we understand, too, that you had a special guest, the president of the university, show up at the Joe Crowley Student Union. Was he there just kind of checking things out? Uh, and you got the chance to talk to him. What did he have to say? Yeah, so that, that was unexpected. I was just, you know, working away on my laptop for the shows, and I saw him walking in. So I ran after him and said, you know, President Sandoval, are you here to vote? And sure enough, he, he was, and he talked to us a little bit afterwards. And we did ask him about, you know, the process because, it, it it was, I think, a confusing process for voters. And he acknowledged that. He said, you know, I think it's confusing for some, but uh, people got the word out and they think everyone is aware that they had the opportunity to vote. So yes, there was confusion, but uh, he said, you know, as, as long as people know that they can be a part of it, he was all for it. Sandoval, of course, the former Republican governor of Nevada, The current governor of Nevada, Joe Lombardo, had mentioned that he was going to vote none of these candidates. I'm curious, did you get the chance to ask Sandoval if if he did that or went a different route? So we did ask him how he voted. He would not share that with us. He said, you know, he wants to protect the confidentiality of his vote, which is totally respectable. You don't obviously don't have to share who you vote for. And so he didn't share with us that. What a bummer. Could have made some big news there reporting (laughs) at the university because it is always interesting to see how his political leanings are now that he has left office. But uh, Audrey, thank you so much for your work on election night and the work that you do every day. We appreciate it. Thanks, Ben. The story of the night ended up being the surprise on the GOP side. That first batch of results came in and it was not Nikki Haley in the lead. Rather, the none of these candidates option that is only available to Nevada voters The movement was pushed by GOP officials who wanted to send a signal to the Secretary of State that they don't support the primary process and send a signal to the candidates that opted for that primary instead. We caught up with a few in-person voters on Tuesday, some of them going for none of these candidates, others for Nikki Haley. Well, I'd like to make sure my vote counts. A little irritated that the Republican Party has 
made it difficult just because there's a caucus and there's a primary and it's confusing. So just going to make sure I vote. I know I'm voting for none of the above today. Yeah. Just because I don't think they gave me the choices and I would appreciate to have choices in front of me. Well, I voted for Nikki Haley and um, I, uh, I think that she's on the Republican side. I think she will be a good candidate to uh, go against the Democratic uh, nominee. I, I think Donald Trump did a great job and I have no problem with him per se. I just think, you know, he's a bit divisive and I think we need someone in there that's more of a centrist. I think we need someone in there that will get us back to center instead of complete polarity. Given that unexpected twist, we had to call an audible on this episode and talk about that strange none of these candidates option, when and why it became an option for voters and how it's been used in the past. Who better to bring on the show than someone who's referred to as the Dean of Nevada Politics, the CEO of the Nevada Independent, John Ralston. John, thank you so much for joining us for episode two of Ballot Battleground Nevada. Uh, thank you for everything you guys do, too, at the Nevada Independent. Such a great resource for me and fellow journalists over the years and also uh, Nevadans. You guys have some of the best coverage of the Silver State. So thank you guys for everything you do at the Indy. Appreciate your saying that, Ben. It's great to be with you. And we try to steal from you as often as we can when you break stuff up here. <laughs> the same goes for you guys. You guys, unfortunately, uh, beat me to a lot of scoops. But yeah, it's a it's a good, healthy competition in the uh, Nevada press corps, which is great. So uh, let's dive right into, first off, I just want to get your reaction to what happened last night in the Democratic primary. It was, went as expected, not so much on the Republican side. What was your reaction? Well, yeah, the Biden win was was expected and he got about 90 percent of the vote. So they got to be happy uh, with that. There was no big protest vote or anything uh, else that they might have imagined would look bad for the president. The other side, you know, Nikki Haley made her own bet on this one, uh, Ben. She could have taken advantage of the state before, a couple of weeks before South Carolina. Come here, minimal investment. Talked about the primary being really important. Said that Trump had to create a caucus uh, the, to, to help boost his candidacy because he's worried about her. But she didn't do any of that. And as you know, she dismissed the state, uh, never came here. There's no organization uh, here. And I'm sure she'll probably uh, try to mitigate the two to one loss to none of the above which is unlike anything we've seen in a in, in a race here before. Do you think if she had come here even once, you know, run a couple ads, done a stop, a campaign stop in Vegas, one up here, it would have made a difference? Or is the Trump movement and the MAGA movement in Nevada so strong that they were able to motivate their voters to get out and vote none of these candidates and that would have won regardless? It's a good question. And, and obviously, uh, the none of the above was a lot of Trump voters. It's hard to parse how much of it was organic, how much of it was people coming to the polls and not realizing because of all the confusion that uh, the, the Nevada media has tried to clear up that the Republican Party caused with these two votes. Uh, we interviewed uh, at least uh, one or two people yesterday who said they were coming to vote for Trump and they wanted to know why Trump wasn't on the ballot and they either were mad and left or mad and voted for none of the above. But I don't know if Haley could could have could have prevented what happened, but why not try, Ben? Uh, and, and I think if she had run some ads, as you point out, had a rally or two uh, and, and put it on as this is the real election, the delegates aren't that important. I need to get momentum now. And why is Donald Trump creating an entire 
uh, election outside of the state law that was passed in 2021. Uh, she could have done that. She just uh, she asked for what happened uh, last night. I think it, it was worse even than I thought it might be. Uh, I thought she might lose to none of the above, but I didn't think by that kind of margin. I think you posted on Twitter X that it was one of the most embarrassing things that you've seen in politics. Um, why so embarrassing, given the fact that I imagine if she does talk about Nevada, which she may not at all, given how much, how little she's mentioned our state in the past, that they're going to say this was a rigged process. We didn't spend any money here. She's going to tell her donors, uh, don't overreact to what you saw in Nevada on Tuesday night. She could have gotten a headline that would have been uh, across networks and and uh, in the political newsletters that everyone reads that said Haley wins Nevada primary. Instead, she gets things like in Politico's very influential newsletter uh, called Playbook that says, ouch, uh, I can't imagine it could be worse. Uh, and, and so the narrative is for a long shot candidate who is, is thought to be hanging on by the skin of her teeth just, just to stay in the race, uh, that now she loses to none of the above in Nevada. Uh, it's kind of emblematic of her candidacy. Maybe she'll last until South Carolina, but I wouldn't be surprised now, Ben, if this is the death knell uh, for her campaign. She may have been able to build some momentum going into South Carolina if she had won the Nevada primary. Most most people are not going to read beyond uh, a headline that says Haley wins Nevada primary uh, or, 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 or a, a headline on CNN that says uh, Haley wins Nevada primary. But now she's got terrible headlines for the next few days and, and trying to explain. And she can say the process was rigged, uh, Ben, but this process was not. This was a state-run election that ran very smoothly. Thursday night with the caucus, which is fairly opaque, they're not letting the media observe in every site, as you know, and that is being run by Trump loyalists, which raises suspicions. Uh, that uh, is a different story. For voters who might be unfamiliar with the none of these candidates options, I mean, when did this come about? Nevada is the only state in the union to have this unique option. When and why did this really start to appear on people's ballots? Um, it, it was in the mid 70s. I'm, I think the first election was 76, but don't hold me to that. Even I'm not even I, I wasn't in Nevada then. But it was seen you know, as a place for people to vent their frustration with, with the choices on the ballot. I've never really liked it that much, Ben, just because it has no teeth. For for you know, for instance, in the Democratic primary for governor in 2014, none of the above actually won. That is finished first. Uh there, but that doesn't mean there's a new election or or anything. The second place finisher gets it. And so uh one person I saw put out on Twitter or X, whatever you want to call it, how come the media is being so biased and not saying Nikki Haley finished second in the primary? Uh, you know, it was a facetious comment, but you know, it, it, and so technically, I guess she won the primary, uh, uh, Ben, because because none of the above doesn't really count. But uh, it has made a difference in 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 some races. Technically, in other words, the number of votes and none of the, for none of the above has been more than the margin of victory. The mo the most celebrated recent case being in 2012 when Shelley Berkeley lost to Dean Heller by 12,000 votes, I believe it was, and none of the above got a lot more than that. And Dean Heller's campaign hoped that that would happen because they knew that would be the only way they could win. So they went 
hyper negative on Shelley Berkeley for the last few weeks. So it can make a difference in races. It usually doesn't. It never has a landslide win like this in a major race, the major race of races, Ben. Do you think it portends any kind of uh, weakness in the state for Nikki Haley if she were to turn the tide of this race, which I, I think you don't think is likely, but if she were to turn the tide uh, and ultimately win on win the nomination, uh, does that mean that she's going to be weaker here? Do you think voters uh, here in January and February are going to remember the fact that Nikki Haley didn't show up uh, if she were to be on the November general ballot? Probably not. Um, uh, and, and let's let's take the long shot scenario and say she does become uh, the nominee. I mean, she will have some explaining to do, but most people don't really care about it. The turnout in this primary uh, uh, was was very low, right, relative to the, what it's going to be in November. Fifteen percent or so turned out for the primary. There's still a few mail ballots out there, so it may, may get a little bit higher. Well, you're going to have 70, 80 percent turnout. Totally different universe. And so Nikki Haley can reintroduce herself. She has other issues as a as a as a candidate in Nevada. People probably don't remember, but as governor of South Carolina, she was very, very pro Yucca Mountain and wanted uh, to send nuclear waste there. There's nuclear uh, way, there's nuclear reactors back there, and so her position was understandable. But she's going to have to explain about that. But I have no doubt she'd be a stronger candidate here than Trump would be. I think statewide turnout last night was around 20%. So switching to the Democratic side, I mean, is there anything at all that we can glean from that for Joe Biden's strength or lack thereof in the silver state? Uh, the general election polls show him not doing so well here, but the Biden campaign probably going to come out and tout this as a large victory. Can we really take anything away from that with turnout being as low as it was? Yeah, even before the, the the first results were in last night, as you know, Ben, the Nevada Democratic Party put out a release, a memo for, for the benighted media, I guess, to understand that they had done great and the Republicans were chaotic, et cetera. Um, they, sure, they, they turned out some of their base voters. But again, there is no correlation between what happens in fe on February 6th and what's going to happen in November. They tried very hard. Uh, to make that case. But even they know that and, and turnout for Democrats was above what it was for Republicans. But it just there's no correlation, Ben, and and no one should draw any conclusions from what happened on the Democratic side. The only way we could have is if none of the above on the Democratic side had gotten up into double digits or 20 percent. Uh, that would have been a problem, I think. And it's one reason I think the president came to Nevada and spent a couple of days here campaigning. I know the election was only last night and we haven't even had the caucus yet, but any broad takeaways or, or lessons to be learned? I mean, do you think the Nevada GOP uh, will try and avoid this caucus primary mess in the future or, or they're going to turn ahead with, with this because they like the caucus and they like requiring voter ID and some of those uh, reforms um, that they support? I think it's hard to tell, Ben. I think we have to see what happens in the caucus here. Uh, you know, they've had problems counting votes in the past as well. They, they, they claim that this is a better system because they're going to have voter ID, as you mentioned, and election security measures, and they're going to get the results out the same night uh, as opposed to, you know, a regular election here now that we're a universal mail ballot state. It takes a few days to get the final results. So we'll see how fast they get it done. We'll see if it's error free. We'll see if the results are believable and credible. And then, you know, four years, I told you November's an eternity, four years from now, who knows? It, it, it's unlikely the state law is going to get changed by then. So there will be a primary again. 
Uh, who knows? Trump may be on the ballot again for all we know. All right. John Rawson, the CEO of the Nevada Independent. Thank you so much for coming on the show. And thanks for everything you guys do over there at the Indy. My pleasure, Ben. Good luck with the podcast. What great conversations with Kim, Audrey, and John. Thanks so much for listening to episode two of Ballot Battleground Nevada. If you're listening to this episode before Thursday evening, don't forget that GOP caucus is from 5 to 7.30 in the evening. Only former President Trump and Pastor Ryan Binkley will be on that caucus ballot. And of course, we'll have full coverage on News 4. If you like the show, please rate it, leave us a review, and subscribe so you don't miss our new episodes dropping every Wednesday. We'll see you next time.